Welcome to the Market Leaders Podcast, where you'll find valuable marketing and business development insights from legal innovators. The podcast series is brought to you by Ackert, the company behind Practice Boomers, Practice Viewer, and Practice Pipeline, the leading business development pipeline management tool for law firms. Welcome back to the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert, and today my guest is Vicki Sicilian, the Director of Business Development and Communications at Loeb & Loeb. Vicki, great to have you on the program today. Great to be here with you. Tell us a little bit about your firm and your role. Sure. So Loeb is a uh, multi-service firm. We have just over 400 attorneys, and we have eight offices, six in the U.S. and two in Asia. We have, um, I would say, market-leading expertise in a number of different areas, entertainment certainly, and that's where the roots of our firm are. We are kind of born and bred in LA, but we certainly have uh, great expertise in the advertising, media, and technology space. We have a huge trust in the state's practice. Um, and then in between that, we have the corporate and the litigation and all of those sorts of more traditional practices, I would say. So Loeb has a pretty unique practice mix, which makes for a pretty interesting job in business development and communications, I think, because mm-hmm. no two days are the same and you get to work around a bunch of different client types and explore a bunch of different opportunities. So in my role as the Director of Business Development and Communications, I oversee the team that handles all client pursuits for the firm on the business development side. So everything from prospecting, identifying target clients, researching, pitch materials, RFPs, anything you can think of in the realm of getting, growing, and on the other end, keeping with our client feedback program and a number of other client service initiatives that we have running. That's the business development world. And then the communications function is, of course, thought leadership activities, whether it's a client alert, byline articles, getting our attorneys out there in the media. Um, So it's an interesting combination of all of those things. And our marketing department is actually structured, which I know is different than some firms, along functional lines. So in all of our roles, whether it's my role or our events team role or our marketing and branding and tech team's roles, everybody supports every practice and every attorney, which I think gives you a really beneficial viewpoint as you approach various marketing and business development activities because you have the benefit of seeing the bigger picture as opposed to perhaps being a little too siloed into one practice or one type of work. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you use that word siloed because that's one of the things that intrigued me about the idea of interviewing you for the show. You know, your title is business development and communications director. And uh, as you and I were chatting and and I was getting to know you better, I learned that you really have a very careful approach to ensuring that those two functions are tightly woven together. And so often at firms, we can see those functions siloed. You know, there's Marcom over here and there's business development over there, and they don't necessarily have a very strong connection point. Sometimes the the handoff is a little bit elusive as to exactly where one ends and the other begins. So I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on that. Sure. And I think the short answer is broadly, we're trying to do too much at once um, mm. and we have too many irons in the fire, really. So because we're trying to chase after and you know, particularly at a firm like Loeb, where you have so many different practices and different client types and every day you have a different attorney kind of pursuing a new business opportunity, we're not often afforded the chance to really take a step back and think about what we're trying to accomplish, what we're doing right now to accomplish that or what needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at why aren't we having success on the BD side, it's not often that we have that opportunity to say, oh, well, maybe it's because you know we haven't spent enough time really thinking about how the people we're trying to do work for and we're trying to retain 
consume content or what they're looking for or how we reach them through some of our other activities. Yeah. I think part of this is fed by the fact that there's a perception that if we don't do everything at once or we don't pursue every business opportunity or client who may have a potential use for our services, then we might be doing something wrong or we might be missing the big one. So we end up with this piecemeal approach where we have a couple marketing things going over here and whether that's thought leadership or media engagement, or we're doing some great events, it's often not mapped on the other side to what might make sense as a business development outcome. Um, and I, I think it can be effective. You know, it's not to say that you can't generate business and one marketing and communications activity can't result in business on the other end taking this approach. But in my experience, it's not really helpful in generating the kind of business consistently that we want to see. And I also just kind of the human element, it's a pretty frustrating way to go about things because you can feel like you're putting so much time and attention and effort into all this marketing activity. But if you're not seeing the business development results on the other end, it's a discouraging experience. So yeah. you know, you, you start to lose the ability to rationalize with an attorney that yes, you should continue to invest in doing whatever your marketing activities are if they're really not seeing any kind of build or benefit. That makes perfect sense. I really hear what you're saying in terms of firms are trying to take on too much. They have too broad a view of the kinds of clients and prospective clients that they want to bring in and do business with. There isn't enough business development targeting in most firms' strategies. And I think also departments like yours are under-resourced. So talk about trying to do too much with too few people. It only exacerbates when you just don't have enough hands on deck. Uh, so obviously all of this necessitates having a very clear picture of the client's journey from marketing to business development. Talk to me a little bit about how you seek to harness that at Loeb. When I view the journey between marketing and business development, I almost view it more as a sometimes pretty slow walk from the general to the granular in terms of a either could be an existing client we're trying to get a different work stream from, could be a prospect that we are not currently doing work from. But it will walk from the general to the granular in terms of that person or that organization's awareness of the ways in which Loeb and Loeb can help that particular client. So to me, the client's journey is almost less about kind of the sale and what it takes to get to selling a service, but it's more of a build um, mm -hmm. in my mind. So it's an exchange of information with the client. It's continuing to hone in in the discussions or the way in which we're reaching that particular client. And again, I think that maps back to you have to know who the client is, who are you after, what are they looking for, how are they consuming things, and then you know how to align your resources, whether that's attorney resources or marketing department resources, toward those efforts in a way that's going to have that consistent build. That makes perfect sense. So it sounds like that slow walk, as you characterize it, starts with marketing messages, observing how the clients are interacting with those marketing messages, which content is most interesting to them. You start to create an inbound marketing uh, strategy out of that, and that identifies uh, prospective leads that you can eventually warm up to a pitch. So marketing informs BD? Mm -hmm. I think so. But Interestingly, I think you have to start with your BD, your BD dreams and your BD goals in order to have marketing most effectively inform those business development efforts. Say more about that. It sounds pretty simple, but if you want to get to point B, you have to know what point B is. You're at point A, you know the end goal is I want to get clients in the food and beverage industry or whatever 
particular space you're looking at, I don't think we spend enough time understanding what point B is and who those people are and what we need to do to reach them. And we have a good example of this with our family office group has done a pretty great job at this. Before they put pen to paper on a client alert on any marketing materials, certainly before they started approaching clients or trying to get pitch meetings, that group spent a significant amount of time on the phone with people active in the family office space, whether it's an investment advisor or people who have family offices themselves to understand what are you looking for? What's going to be most beneficial? And we had some really well-informed decisions as to how we were going to invest our marketing and communications resources. So they have a very specific approach that they take to a client alert that they put out on a quarterly basis. They have a very specific approach that they take to event. They are not going to be attending every conference. They're really focused on very intimate events because that's what we heard these clients wanted. And they've been able to really successfully build by being committed to that strategy, which really started by spending time understanding what that end goal was. That makes sense. So they are studying the client profile, They're understanding the psychographics of the demographics, and ultimately they're using that information to inform whatever content, whatever alerts they use uh, as part of the top of funnel uh, marketing strategy. Yep. And where I think when I mentioned we get into that sort of piecemeal approach, it's we think we have an idea of what that end goal looks like, or maybe we just have too many people or ideas at that end goal. And so we just end up throwing things at the wall, seeing what sticks or hoping something sticks or thinking, you know, I can write a great alert on this particular topic and somebody's going to read it and as great as that alert is, if you have people who are probably getting 25, 30 of the same alerts, or they're not reading alerts, or that's not the kind of content that would be helpful, it's a lot of wasted effort that's just being thrown out there with very little chance of it actually advancing you kind of down the funnel and getting you closer to that opportunity to really engage a prospect in a really fulsome business development conversation. All right. Well, we're coming full circle here because if we had all of the time and all the resources in the world, we would simply, before we send any client alert, before we send any piece of content, before we start typing out the very first sentence to any blog, we would pick up the phone. We would call, I don't know, 12, 20 different people who are representative of our target audience. We would ask them, what's keeping you up at night? What are you worried about? What are the things that are on your mind right now? Because I'm about to write a piece of content and I want to make sure that it's really relevant to you. And then we would write it and then we would send it. But we're so busy running around trying to deal with the latest RFP that just came in or the fact that the firm has decided to change out its website this year that we simply don't have time as an industry and as a department within within a firm to do this carefully. It goes back to your earlier comment about the the piecemeal approach. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of factors at play. There's just the pure resourcing perspective of it. Do we have time to actually do that with the number of clients that we're realistically pursuing on a day-to-day basis? And one of the ways that we have accomplished that, and not to say that it's been at the expense of our other practices or other opportunities, you know, we we continue to push forward on, on every opportunity that we work on. But a couple of years ago, we created an industry program, which really sought to tie together across the firm 
attorneys who focused on a particular set of industries that we had identified. So we know we have clients in this space. We know we can really tell a great story in this space. Let's take that time to figure out how we tell that story. And so that industry program was a good opportunity for our team to have those kinds of discussions to really understand how we can invest and how we can get ourselves to those business development conversations in those industries more effectively. That's challenging when, you know, you're dealing with an entertainment pursuit over here and a real estate pursuit over here. It's sure. difficult to be able just to take a breath and say, okay, we have to have this really measured and careful approach to all of these because sometimes time gets in the way and you just have to do things quickly. The second piece of that is getting our attorney population comfortable with engaging in those kinds of discussions. There could be a feeling that might be uncomfortable for me to call my client because they expect me to be the expert and the the source in this particular area of practice. And if I'm asking them for their input, is there a perception that perhaps I don't know what I'm doing or perhaps mm-hmm. I'm uncertain of something? Um, I think we both know that's not the reality. And if anything, a client appreciates the opportunity to contribute to those kinds of discussions. And it shows I want to make this the best possible experience for you, the client. Um, You know, but I do think that's a hurdle to overcome. But one that, again, with our industry program and our family office group was one of the groups that we put through that program. We've seen tremendous benefit from taking that approach. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Ultimately, it's a matter of baking in the process of getting market intelligence prior to investing resources in whatever endeavor uh, might be part of the firm's strategic plan. Mm -hmm. And obviously, there's no one better to glean that information than the lawyers who have the closest relationships with the clients who have that information. So yeah, I, I, I hear you. It's It's hard to do it across the firm all the time, but prioritizing certain practice areas or prioritizing key relationships and uh, ensuring that that's at least one of the things that is considered as it informs the top of the funnel so that the bottom of the funnel ends up being a more effective part of the process that really ties together beautifully. Absolutely. So what advice would you share with firms who might be struggling to connect these dots between marketing and business development? I would say take a step back or take a pause. It's unrealistic with resourcing constraints and time constraints to probably think that you can do this with every single new business opportunity or every single attorney that comes to you requesting business development support. But take a pause, take a breath and think about where does it make sense just to start. For us, it you know, it was probably our industry groups are the best and closest examples of where we just sort of took a step back and said, we know we're doing all of this fantastic stuff in each of these areas. How can we bring this together? How can we do this the right way so that we are collectively achieving that end goal? I don't think we give ourselves enough time sometimes just to take that pause and take that breath because we're always on to the next thing. And we're a little over 400 attorneys. There are firms much, much bigger than Loeb, where, you know, I could imagine it feels like there's just a constant drumbeat of one-off opportunities, but where you have a chance to say, let me find a place where I can collect some of these opportunities, put them together cohesively so that we can think about this really focused approach. You know, I would say take them and try it out. Do you have a process where you're profiling buyers, so to speak? Uh, You know, that sort of marketing exercise of saying, okay, our key target buyer for this industry is so-and-so years old, and they are working at a company that has these qualities, and these are the five things that they're most concerned about. Do you formalize that process? 
We don't formalize it, um, but those are the kinds of discussions that we really like to have. I would love to get as granular as what you were just explaining, but we, you know, we do as we're engaging with our industry groups or, you know, just one-on-one business development discussions or some of our practice areas and departments, we try to have that understanding. So is it, you know, are we talking to business people? Are they the ones who are engaging us? Are we talking to lawyers? Because that's going to determine how we craft content or where we're trying to put our content or the kinds of events we're going to. So we do it in a more informal kind of conversational way. I would I would love to get to a point where we have sort of those buyer profiles um, more fulsomely built out because I think that could be just incredibly helpful. Do you have list segmentation in your CRM so that your messaging is ultimately targeting those micro niches, if you will, within the database? Yes. So we recently um, actually launched our CRM system, and one of the goals is to really hone in on our mailing lists. And we have great flexibility now with the system to be able to tie people to really specialized and focused mailing lists so that we can put our we can make sure our content is getting in front of the right people. Um, and we started taking some steps as we're building those lists to suggest that as attorneys are having conversations or when they're thinking about the list, think about sort of the client type that you are looking for to be on this list, to be reading your content and build from there as opposed to, you know, perhaps saying, I want any client in the financial services industry that we have at the firm, I want them on this mailing list. Well, okay, are we looking for ideally, you know, private client finance? Are we looking for real estate finance? Honing in there and using our CRM system as a way to say, here's our mailing list for this particular niche um, is something that we are working, working toward for sure. That's great. Well, these are all meaningful steps toward making this connection between marketing and business development. I really appreciate your your thoughts and, and sharing the uh, actions that you are engaged in at Loeb uh, and the things that you're directing as part of your role. Vicki, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Market Leaders Podcast. For more business development resources, visit ackertinc.com. 